Oh shoot. Ah. <laughs> One thing that's drastically missing from this podcast is physical comedy. <laughs> One thing that's drastically missing from this audio medium. Welcome to the Crunch the Only Podcast that was born on the 4th of July. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. We were actually born on the other American holiday, like the inverse Did, of the 4th of July. Didn't Didn't somebody want us to do a thing on the 4th of July? He did. It was Ben Eastman, who's a patron, and so he's more than just somebody. He's a person that gives us money. <laughs> ben, Ben... Ben is the best poster. He's absolutely the, the best poster. An incentive to becoming a patron is you get to be friends with Ben Eastman. That's the yeah, that's that's pretty much the, I know. the incentive. Ben yeah. Ben, don't complain to me if you st- if you get a flood of inbox requests after this podcast. When he when he called me out for my inconsistent views on <laughs> Catholic education, I cried for an hour straight. Inconsolable. Yeah. He wanted us to read um a writing from Frederick Douglass, which would have been awesome, mm-hmm. except for that. Pff, didn't have time for that this week, yeah. unfortunately. Maybe maybe for our five-year anniversary, which is on the holiday that's the inverse of the 4th of July, which is the joke I was trying to make yeah. earlier, but you cut me off. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it, 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 it it's, not, it's not supposed to be that humorous, but it's just an observation. That's all. That's it's just all. the worst. It's the, it was the worst week to start a podcast. It was the worst week to start a podcast. Our first podcast oh, came out on 9-11. And <laughs> it's, it's it interesting to me that we have the 4th of July and 9-11 as kind of the two sides of American pride, you know? And I just think yeah. that that's fascinating. That's no one all. gets like stupidly anti-american on twitter on 9-11 everyone does that on the fourth of july Mm -hmm. you know it's weird um and you'd think like yeah obviously i mean i do the same thing to my brother's birthday you know it's like oh happy birthday you suck (laughs) (laughs) like memorial day we're memorializing everybody who's ever died in a war ever and there's like way more americans that have died like memorial day is the day to remember them but no one's somber on Mm -hmm. memorial day (laughs) everyone goes and gets drunk so it's yeah, just kind of weird. It is kind of weird. I think America's weird. <laughs> that's, my, <laughs> that's my new opinion. Um, here's what I was saying before we started the show. I think we need to add cameras to this podcast. Yes, I agree. I think that is the one thing that we've been missing uh-huh. is that people can't see us. Yeah, and that's the biggest complaint that I've gotten <laughs> over these past four years is I want more. I've only been able to face. imagine how how good you guys look while you exposit these truths. <laughs> I've only been able to think about it in my mind and draw up sketches and and and, and if we if we have the podcast on video, no one will ever come up to us and say you guys look different than I imagined you. That would be nice. That mm-hmm. would be a dream. Because, or, or alternatively, the other one that we get all the time, I can never tell your voices apart. Uh, That's definitely not true. I hear that often. Really? Yes. We sound so different. Listen, you, here's how you can tell. One of us is talking and the other one isn't. That's how you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> we talk one after the other, generally. <laughs> generally. But even if you can't tell our voices apart, if you listen to like two episodes... You should be able to tell the kinds of things that I say and the kinds of things that Patrick says. <laughs> it's not we don't develop new personalities every time we come on the podcast. Yeah, we also start the show by saying our names. So like, yeah, you just put yeah. That in your also, brain and be yeah, like, yeah. Some podcasts don't. They just say like they just say the names of the podcast. Like podcasters in the host will do it. Like three people, there's three people on the podcast, and the host says all the names, hmm. or they just don't say the names. Yeah, they don't think they're getting new listeners, and we don't do that. We say I'm Ethan and I'm Patrick. We say it every time. Yeah, and look where that got us on the top twenty comedy podcasts in the world <laughs> article. I got a random article. You know this. The listeners don't. Yeah, we don't. I got a random. I got a random email from um, some guy. This like UK publication. <laughs> publication. This UK website. Website. And it was a like, it was a forum on the net. It wasn't even a website. Yeah, it wasn't even a website. It was like it was like, hey, I published an article about you guys. Um, 
And I was like, okay. And it was literally just like a list of 20 comedy podcasts with the bios of those podcasts. Like co- copied and, and pasted from the iTunes like yeah. registry. And it was like all over. It was like the daily show with Trevor Noah and us, you know, and yeah. it's like very clearly, this is not a curated list. <laughs> and what was funny was like, first of all, we were at the bottom. So screw those guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were like, you should share this with your audiences. And I'm like, ah, click funnel. Yep. No, thanks. Click funnel. No, thank you. But what it did do is massively boost me and Patrick's egos. So now we're thinking about buying $5,000 cameras to uh how much do you think cameras cost five thousand dollars no they don't cost five thousand six thousand dollars that's more like all right there we go (laughs) Uh, i i really just believe that at some point if we could kind of dress up this this thing behind me and you can dress up your thing behind you and you know maybe maybe one day if we get uh recently married also fellow patron uh reagan king Happy anniversary! Happy happy, happy marriage, King. Get it? Because people yeah. always call guys King. It's like a TikTok it's, thing. It's like a TikTok. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a Zoomer thing. So recently married. Everyone say a prayer for him and his wife. Uh, the if we get him to edit our videos for us and our audio, and we upload it to YouTube.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, who knows where we could be? I just don't know how I feel about free labor. Yeah, that's fair. We also can't, we can't pay anyone like he said he would do it for free. I know he said he would do it for free, but like, that's so much work, you know, it is, but Patrick, we're not very liquid right now. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. It's like, we're the, the, like, the amount of money it costs to hire an editor is not one that we have. And I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. How about it's very nice. Should we maybe start up some benefits? Yeah. Maybe we can get him health insurance. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we could, I was thinking we could invest in a 401k. I don't think we can do that. We're certainly not set up for it. Okay. I feel like it's more expensive to do a 401k than it is to contract someone. I think that's why people, I think that's why companies do contracted labor so they don't have to uh, hire you and give you benefits. So you're in on... Like the WWE. So you're in on hiring Reagan King. That's what I've heard just now. I think so. All I don't, right. I don't know how I got here, but here I am. Here I am. <laughs> I just, let's just think about it. Every Post a reply in the comments below. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, do you want cameras? Should, should this cameras? should this podcast go on YouTube after after almost five years of <laughs> only being an audio <laughs> podcast? I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, it's worth trying. I mean, Matt Fred did it, and, you know. And look at him now. Well, the reason that I was thinking about this is one, how how annoyed I am every time Matt Fred posts an interview on his YouTube channel, but it doesn't make it onto Spotify for another three weeks. And mm-hmm. so he's just intentionally driving people to his YouTube page, which makes sense. But also I'm like, come on, Matt, what if I want to listen on the go? You, <laughs> you have to have YouTube red or YouTube premium. Is that, ugh, whatever. I don't even, I don't even want to know about that. But also I was seeing his, uh, like a couple months ago, he hit a thousand subs- or a hundred thousand subscribers. And like this month he's at 150. So wow. like he is <laughs> granted, he's got the whole Australian thing. Uh, he's got the whole wife thing. He's He's, got the whole, you know, tight black t-shirt thing. He's got the whole very tight, very black t-shirt. I just got to swim more and eat less carbs and I'll be there. I'll be there soon. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, we got to, we got to start crying more often on the show too. Does he cry on the show? He does. (laughs) That's fine. So think about it. I miss him. He moved to, he moved to Steubenville and I haven't talked to him since he moved here. I need to hang out with him. You should. And, uh, you know, maybe we could go Get a on the, you know, get on the. He's willing to come on the podcast. We no, 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 no. I want, I want to go on, go on his. Show. Oh, I don't think we're going on his. <laughs> I podcast think, maybe, I, think I think maybe we could get on his. Show. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any benefit for us going on him his show for him. It's only it was it'd be exclusively for us. Yeah, I think if I asked him to come on the show, it would seem like I'm begging for views. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, I would. Uh, we, we are. We, yeah. Anyway. But hey, we appeal to the young ones, okay? We appeal to the youths, all right? Word on Fire thinks that we're appealing. Eventually, at a certain point, when people start asking me about my podcast, I can't introduce it as, like, young people who made a podcast for young people because eventually, we're both going to be over the age of 25. Yeah. Well, in the church, you're young until you're 40. That's true. The, um, I, I, I think... I think we. I don't. I don't think we need to bill ourselves as a podcast for young people. I don't think we are a podcast for young people. What are we? 
I think we're just a fun, a funny podcast that's not uh, catching foxes. I think that's what it, I think we're just catching. I think we're catching foxes, but worse, worse. <laughs> <laughs> I would say better because we don't rely on budgets. Yeah, the they do. They do make a lot of weird kind of semi-sexual jokes about each other. Yeah, often. Yeah, and that's one thing that I'm I glad think one that we of their handicaps done. is that they have to rely on their personal. They rely on their personal friendship. I I think that like I think that their personal friendship is good, but it, as it, opposed it to could, us who are not friends at all, it could alienate that. It could alienate. But no, here's the thing: like most of our friendship is already on the podcast. That's true. So people who have listened the whole time aren't aren't lost, but they have like years and years and years of history. I think I think that I think that can be a crux. I think they get over that though. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think they're very I think they're very good at what they do. Let me just say this. I think this is one thing that everyone can agree on. Catching foxes does not need cameras on their podcast. No, they don't. They, they are do they are doing perfectly fine. They're doing great. Keep it up, boys. I I I I go through waves of like listening to Catching Foxes and not, but every time I every time I come back to it, I'm always happy that I do. Hmm. I like catching foxes. Like a dog returning to his vomit. <laughs> What's what else is going on, Pat? Are you? Oh uh, my gosh, I have no idea. Um, oh wait, no, I do. <laughs> nice. I signed up. I signed up for my. Uh, I signed up for my Greek reading proficiency exam. Mm. I'm taking it on on uh, on July 28th. So it's right. It's right before my anniversary weekend. Is this the one with the four stone heads that watch you? Yes, it okay. is indeed. And um, I did a I did a practice test, another practice test last Friday. Mm-hmm. I know I took a practice test a week ago, and I think I talked to you about it, but. Um, I, I did, that one was just like the gospels, which are easier, but I, I did one of Paul's epistles. The other thing about the gospels is that once you know, once you know, once you've translated the first line, you're pretty much sure about what's going on through the rest of them. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. you, you can context, but with Paul's epistles, you don't remember the exact order of Corinthians one. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. First Corinthians one. So like it was harder to do, so it took me longer, but mm-hmm. I was still under the two and a half hour mark. I got nice. it under two hours and I found out that it's not two and a half hours. It's three hours. So oh, I'm, I'm going to be fine. You're great. So once I found that out, I was like, sign me up, you know, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm really excited. So I'm, thing, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. About have that. you considered maybe just as like an extra insurance package, like constructing a larger wooden version of yourself and then climbing into that and then like wheeling it into the testing uh-huh. facility. Yeah. And then everybody's like, wow, Patrick, Nevi, who signed up for this exam, brought us a gift, and then you, <laughs> and then you jump out the back, uh, and, you, and you take the and I kidnap Helen of Troy, and, and then I you take him. the test, and then you just take the test, and then you get back in the the giant wooden Patrick, and you wheel yourself out. Have you considered that? Is my question. I have not. Okay, but I will reconsider that. Please do. Once you <laughs> a Trojan Patrick, a Trojan Patrick. <laughs> this podcast not sponsored by Trojan. Uh, the <laughs> that's a can we can we talk about that because i think that's a really stupid name for a condom company yeah it, it it's yes. literally about things sneaking it getting into places that they know? that it's they that about, you don't want them to go yeah yeah it's about the stuff that's inside coming out of the thing yeah yeah guys guys fellas think about it fellas brothers <laughs> brothers Bre- brethren that's that's my that's my that's my only uh, those are my only condom jokes that I have. I don't have any more condom material. Would you like me to find more? Uh, no, I don't want to. No, no, please, okay, please cool. don't do that. Great. That's really exciting about the Greek thing. I think we should have a Greek Palooza podcast on mm-hmm. uh, whatever day it is after you pass the test. So I'll finish reading Edith Hamilton's mythology, and we can finally do our Greek mythology Christianity crossover. We'll podcast. do a Greek ca- cast. What? We'll do a Greek cast. A Greek cast. We'll do on, we'll do... on Thursday, uh, July 29th. Uh-huh. And we'll wait. We'll both watch. We'll do a live stream of us both watching my big fat Greek wedding. We'll be eating. We'll eat baklava and gyros. We'll call my former focus teammate, Alexander Chichoulis. <laughs> um, we will... I went to a gyro restaurant yeah. in, in Pittsburgh, and I ordered two gyros. And she was like, all right, two gyros. And I was like, this is... <laughs> Two gyros. Two gyros. She said it. The person who is Greek and owns a gyro restaurant. And I was like, there's no ja in Greek. And then she gave you two pieces of equipment that'll help keep your aircraft stable. 
uh, <laughs> as it as it goes into outer space. Yes. Um, the I was trying to think of other Greek things that we can bring to the uh, to the Greek cast. Mm-hmm. Sheep. Sheep. <laughs> Sheep. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Patrick, did you read the article that I sent I read you? half of the article. You read half of the article. I did indeed read half of it. Um, I don't feel particularly inclined to like go off on everything that I think about it yet, so I want to... Basically, I had this article sent to me by a friend who said, this ties in a lot with what you guys were talking about, about freedom and truth a couple weeks ago. You should read it. And so I read it over the weekend last weekend at M&I's Engaged Encounter Retreat weekend that we went on. And I love it. And I've been thinking about it and praying about it. And I haven't really been putting it into practice because I've been struggling a lot this week. And so I kind of want to flesh this out with my good friend Patrick and maybe figure out a way that this can actually become my life and instead of just like an idea that I think is cool that I talk about on a podcast so that people think that I'm smart and holy, um, <laughs> which is what I normally do. So, uh, Patrick, what did you think of the of the article? Like, Kind of in your estimation, what was the, the bits that you read? Like, what was it saying to you? I mean, based on like... Link in description, by the way. Link in description. Based on, based on like the first couple of... Like the first half of the article, um, he was talking about something that i've heard a thousand times but it hasn't stuck is like maybe it's, it's slowly it's it sticks better every time like it, it needs it needs it bears repeating it's a reverse piece um, of tape <laughs> the holy spirit is a reverse tape um how our impression of what the christian life is is becoming more devoted in prayer you know growing in virtue you know becoming a better person but it's like christ didn't come to make us good people he came to make us new men and mm-hmm. that classic Fulton Sheen quote that I've seen a hundred times, but I don't think we get it. I don't think we understand. I think we are I think we are okay with being better than the average person. I think that's what we're we're satisfied with. Yes. But based on what I read in this article, he's like he's like, This is a great this is he calls it a great refusal. This is the this is a standard refusal that every Christian makes in when they sin but you know some some of us just permanently make it whereas like god isn't just inviting us as he's inviting us to become his son mm. not just like his son yes uh, not just become like jesus but to become him and the, the part that i focused on was like his interior disposition mm-hmm. that that's the part that i'm like huh interesting it's like my interior dispositions need to become more like jesus and it, it this is something that i was praying with a couple of weeks ago was like I was getting frustrated with Phoebe about something and nice she was like it's like it's okay that you're frustrated and I was like I know it's okay that I'm frustrated <laughs> but I still shouldn't be frustrated and she's like but you're you're I think the conversation was something like are you frustrated yes okay I'm sorry but I was like no but it's not your fault like it's not your fault that I'm frustrated I'm frustrated because I'm buying into this prideful thing that like everyone needs to act the way I want them to all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like Jesus wouldn't think this way about us. Like if you were married to Jesus, mm. right? It's not what would Jesus do. It's like if you were married yes. to Jesus, yes, he would not be frustrated when you're slow at getting ready for bed. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't be frustrated at that. Yes. He would be patient mm-hmm. and he would deal with the couple of minutes less of sleep that he would get you know like that's that's the that's the reality it's like that's his and why and why is that it's like because his interior disposition is to you know to like give of himself to another person to give of his total self to the person that he loves and this is the person that i love so like i should have that disposition as well um to the point where it's insane you know to the point where it's like any any rational person would be like you are a crazy person why are you so giving yeah that's the that's that's the reality, you know. I, I love that you zoned in on the disposition aspect because mm. that's the thing that really got me as well. And the <clears throat> I'm just gonna read a couple of quotes from the article because I I think it's the article is called "In the Likeness of Christ" and kind of his whole argument 
is that taking on the mind of Christ and thinking like Christ is actually what we are called to when he says, be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect, not perform a certain set of actions or habits in a different way and achieve different things. Because if you achieve things, then you'll be perfect like me. Like it's, it's, it's all about the thought and the relationship, which is kind of what you were alluding Mm -hmm. to. And so here's, here's some, some quotes. I'm a blast at you. It is not so much the task of the Christian to do what Jesus did, as we say in the modern context, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But to think and relate as Jesus did. Um, And so then he kind of goes on and describes all of these things about, you know, categorically, like if you just look at the numbers, we are disappointing to God, you know, like we're called to perfection. We're called to holiness. We're called to be sinless. And yet, Adam's sin passed down through the generations becomes my sin. Like that's disappointing. If you just we look at it, we don't have good it. stats. It's, we don't have good stats in terms of looking at like what God desires yeah. for us, which is no sin. And then what we actually do, which is sin, sin all the time, <laughs> sin yeah. all the time <laughs> as often as we can, because we're freaks, you know, like yeah. that's just what we do. And so the problem is not that we, and we and we learn this, right? We learn this in formation. We learn this through podcasts. We learn this through homilies. We learn this through reading the gospels. And we think, oh, I just have to sin less. I just have to modify my behaviors, which in some cases is true, right? Like you should stop watching pornography. Like you should yeah. stop cheating on your wife. You should stop X, Y, Z, you know, getting drunk to the point of getting drunk, Uh like there's things that you just objectively should and should not do. You should go to mass every Sunday. Like there's just things there are that come with the Christian life. However, and a lot of us are willing to make those changes and we think, okay, because I'm willing to make those changes and because I'm striving towards them, then I'm good because we get, we get sold a false bill of goods. That's cheap. It's like, all you have to do is try, try to do what is the question. So this is the other quote. It's not that we are unwilling to convert or not willed enough, or that our passions are too disordered. Our problem is that we allow our intelligence to be obscured as to the meaning and the purpose of life. We are letting our brains be obscured and be warped by the modern culture and tendency of everything is about accomplishment, right? Like everybody says things like nobody cares what you do until you do what you do. I don't know if there's some kind of, <laughs> it's like a little catchy, catchy. <laughs> yeah. That's real catchy. catchy I like that. Nobody catchy. cares what you do until you, you do, do what you do. do. <laughs> but essentially that's, that's a you could, aphorism. You could have the best idea in the world. Mm-hmm. Steve jobs idea for Apple computers. If he never did it, no one would care about him because it's, it's all about action and accomplishments and achievements. And the people who are really great, politicians or who have great ideas or really great thinkers, you know, who have great ideas in books, if they never accomplish anything tangible, then nobody cares about them. And so that kind of seeps in to us and we start thinking, well, everything that I have to do in the Christian life is about accomplishments. Accomplishment. Yeah. And the, and this is the last thing I'm going to stop ranting. I'm going to throw it back to Patrick. The author of this article brings it back in with Jesus. Okay. Because the focus on accomplishment and the focus on achievement is a focus on the future and not a focus on the present. It's also a focus on the past. And he quotes C.S. Lewis talking about how the the past, the, the present is the most perfect time, the past is the second most perfect time, and the future is the third most perfect time. Like, mm-hmm. the, the present is the most perfect because it's the moment that, that you are alive and acting and that God is acting actively, like, in, and you can respond to it and do something about what's going on, right? The, yeah. the past is the most perfect because it happened. It was God's will, right? It, mm-hmm. It's done. There's nothing to do about it anymore. And the future is the least perfect because it's the, there's no, it's not defined. There's nothing about it that, we don't know that what is, it is. nothing yeah. about it is necessary other than that it will happen until the end of time. And so, but we only, almost exclusively focus on the future, uh, sometimes the past, 
less so these than days. Than the past, than the present, yeah. Than the present, right? Now the and the present is the it's completely inverted. The yeah. one that gets the least significance. So think about it in terms of Jesus, okay? He was fully present to the immediacy of everything that he did. And this is because his final task was not to seek to achieve anything, but to do the will of the Father. This is the central theme of Christ's life and work, to do the will of the Father. Christ saw that God's designs were wrought out by the perfection in his attitude. This is the disposition that you were talking about. Perfection in his attitude towards those events, rather than his being concerned with what he essentially achieved through his activity. Do we not tend to think that it is our achievements that ultimately matter? That what we succeed in accomplishing is what will secure our lives? Thinking in this way makes us largely indifferent to or removed from the immediacy of those things brought before us on which our lives ultimately depend. And this is the last thing I'll say. Jesus allowed events to determine his actions rather than aiming at determining events by his actions. Hmm. That hit me like a freight train when I read that. Interesting. Jesus was completely and totally docile to the will of the father in the present moment always and was not concerned about how can I use all of my power, all of my agency, all of my godness to effect some kind of change by dominating a situation. Cause he could have done that. He could have, we could just think about his plan for evangelization. It's like, go out to all the towns. And if they say no, keep going. He didn't tell him these guys are going to say no, don't bother, you know. Right, right. It was yeah. it was not a very effective. Uh, Have you method. been watching The Chosen? No, I haven't watched The Chosen yet, dude. It's so good. I know it is very good. And like this is me talking, so like you should know that it's not like I if just some random. I here, I'm gonna say something really controversial. Oh no. Okay. I don't care that you broke your elbow. <laughs> I don't care that you broke your elbow. <laughs> when compared with The Chosen. The Passion of the Christ movie is okay. I think that's fair. I mean, the I think, Passion I of the Christ movie, we only watch it like once every so often. So we kind of forget. And it's like usually during a very heightened emotional time of the year. So we don't realize that it's just like, man, there's a lot of weird like slow motion sci- like visual effects in this. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of weird. I think, I think artistically, I think artistically speaking, The Passion of the Christ was an incredible achievement. Oh, and yeah. I think that what they did with language and like the commitment to mm-hmm. realiz- realism mm-hmm. realism was very good. I think The Chosen is Christian art yeah. that has not yet been seen in 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 film or television. I, I, I honestly, I, I think their depiction of of the humanity of Christ, the divinity of Christ, and the humanity of the apostles is incredible. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, is there is there does Satan carry around a little Satan baby in any of the that episodes of the Chosen? Can I just that was super? Can weird. I just ask that? I I don't understand. I didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now. I think it's supposed to be some kind of like, this is my child, and look at how I'm taking care of my child. You know, like kind of attacking yeah. Jesus's sonship. I don't know. I don't, anyway, maybe that's just my interpretation when I've watched it, but I don't yeah. I don't can't pretend to both, understand. Both Mel Gibson and Jim Caviezel. It's very unfortunate. They both have huge track records of being kind of weird. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, not important. No, it's, that's not important to the actual product of the piece. Caravaggio was not a very good person either. But um, so, uh, they one thing that people keep. What I love about the chosen is like the community and the controversies that come up because it's all these people watching the chosen and they like they ask the creator a bunch of these questions, and he he it's it's really cool to see that they're like. Jesus got in one of these episodes. It's not a spoiler. They posted it all over their socials. Uh, Jesus gets arrested for the first time in mm-hmm. one of the recent episodes. And he looks surprised. And people were like, why was Jesus surprised? Why didn't he, he didn't he know it was coming? Um, there, there have been moments where Jesus looks surprised and like, doesn't know and asks someone their name. And like, yeah, you're right. He had all of this, all of this divinity and all of this, divine knowledge accessible to him at all times he could have known past present and future but he didn't he didn't access that all the time unless it was necessary he like he lets himself be led by the spirit to people and have conversations with them and he doesn't he doesn't you know read their minds unless he needs to 
Um, mm. It's it's really it's really cool. But like you, like you said, like that that shows how present to the moment he is. Yes. Because he doesn't want he doesn't want to violate the present. He doesn't want to violate the moment. He doesn't want to violate the moment by manipulating it as God and doing whatever he wants. You know, if you if you see if you ever see like a a, a video game that's like a an RPG or like uh, any any kind of RPG game, right? One of the first things that people do when they like get the game is they try and figure out cheat codes to how to manipulate the game to their will. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you remember playing Pokemon with an action replay? I've never played. Unlimited... I've never done that. I don't know about okay. that. Okay. So action action replay would like allow you to manipulate the game so you could like walk through walls or run where you can't run or like, you know, get as many items as you want. It's like the first thing people do, they 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 at least the first thing I do, right, when I play a game is like I want to manipulate this game. I want to make it so that I can do whatever I want, you know? Sims, it's all about manipulation of the moment. We want to be we want to play God, we want to play the game on God mode. Mm-hmm. You know, where we can manipulate the moment. But Jesus didn't manipulate the moment, or at least the way that they're depicting him on the on the chosen, which I I it's just it's very it's a very good depiction. Yes. Um he's not manipulating the moment in in that episode he gets arrested he gets taken away and the they're they're preparing for the sermon on the mount that's what they're doing they're preparing for this big event right and he has all the apostles doing different things and he gets arrested and he says all right guys go like i'm gonna be back it's okay go prepare go prepare for the sermon and he comes back he goes and he's gone all day and they're just fighting they just fight all day. They're like, this is it. He's going to get arrested. He's going to get killed. He's going to get thrown in jail forever. And our ministry is done. And they're angry at each other. And like Andrew and Mary Magdalene get in a fight. It's great. Um, not a physical fight, but they get mad at each other. Yeah. And then he comes back. They, they see him. He comes back and he's, they're like, oh, Jesus, like you got released. He's like, oh, I've been, I've been away. I've been praying. He got released and he went to go pray. And they were like, why didn't you come back? Like right away. You could have told us we were worried about you. And he's like, I told you I would be back. Why didn't you believe me? You know, like you guys, he, they, they were so concerned about what was mm-hmm, going to happen mm-hmm. that they, they didn't do God's will in the moment. Yes. You know? And they're like, why are you upset that I did my will? Why are you upset that I did God's will? You didn't do God's will. Right. <laughs> you know? Think about it in this way. I think this might be helpful. Like we were trying to understand Jesus's intellect and how he would talk to people and why he didn't just, use all of his knowledge available to him all the time. If we're talking about these three different phases, past, present, future, have you ever talked to someone who is insistent upon only talking about the past? Yes. Like for example, and this might not have happened to you necessarily, but like a friend from college who only wants to reminisce about the times from college. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, and you, you, and it's like, okay, this is good. Like it's good to remember. I hate nostalgia. But then there's a, at a certain point, you're like, don't you care about like me now? Like you haven't asked me any questions. You're just asking me if I remember, you know, and, and I ask you questions about what's going on now. You don't want to talk about it. Like you, you aren't connected with that kind of person, right? There's no, uh, it's, it's good, but you're relying on something that's not real. Same thing with like the whole nostalgia thing, right? Like, or that no longer exists. Or yeah, that you're like yeah. you're trying to recapture something that's that's not real anymore. And similarly, if you're talking to someone who's only aspirational, who's only ever talking about, well, when I have this job, then I'll buy this thing. It's like, well, that's just also completely uninteresting and boring because I don't <laughs> like. There's no guarantee that you're going to make this much money and be able to buy this thing and have this job and move to this place and. The best you know, plans of mice and men. Yeah, it's like it's like talking. To, you probably have this all the time. Like you talk to high schoolers who have their whole like plan laid out for college yeah. and their job yeah. and everything, and you're like, "This, I love you, and I'm so happy for you, but like, you're you're super boring. Like this yeah. is this is so boring that you have this all planned out for the next ten. But years. it's awful because they all they they that that per, that kid also has generalized anxiety. Disorder. Right, like they're so stressed out yes. all the time. And yes. They can't come to youth group because they have to do homework and soccer. Yes, and so. That's it. You know. So imagine those two different kinds of people, and then imagine if Jesus was just always living in one of those two realities. You know, like if he's talking to someone, it's like, well, why would he ask for that person's name if he just knows it? Well, then he wouldn't be living in the present, right? Like you, mm-hmm. then you would, that person would not feel a relationship with Jesus because he was fully human, right? In addition to fully divine. And there were times when he needed to reveal his divinity, like the transfiguration, 
just for example. But after that, he, and when he would talk to the apostles, and you know, he would he would prophesy about the future and say, you know, in three days the temple that was destroyed will be built back up, and they'll be like, how do you know that? And he'd just be like, it's true. You know, you just have to believe me. And like, he wouldn't do it in a way that would distract them from the present moment. He'd be like, because this, we have to do this, we got to go to Jerusalem. You know, like that's what we're yep. doing now. Like I it was always, to to it's always rooted in the present moment. And so uh, I think that helps. And one of the other things too, that I would never would have thought that the, the Dune series would help me understand Christ's divine intellect. Um, but it does. The whole point of that story it is really cool. And Timothy Chalamet is just a beautiful little boy that is going to be so good as playing Paul Atreides. And I'm so excited, even though the film got pushed back the release date again, which I don't really care about, but it's whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm not mad. The, the whole point of that movie is that when you access knowledge of the future and when you become kind of a, a, a sort of a God leader of your people, it destroys you. Like the whole point of Dune and then the second book, Dune Messiah, like Dune is all about Paul's ascendance and, you know, conquering the evil emperor and all these things. He becomes the king of, of the everything. And I was like, oh, great, Paul. The whole second book is about how he committed a genocide of about 60 billion people across the galaxy um, in order to maintain power. <clears throat> and then ultimately walks out into the desert to die alone because he like because basically like the whole story is that you when you get this drug you know called the spice and with the training that he and the experiences that he had because of his mother's training and all this different stuff like he was able to access the future and see the threads of of the future potentialities and see them coming to fruition and so anytime someone tried to assassinate him he knew that it was coming right anytime somebody tried to d be duplicitous towards him he knew that it was coming and he just got so bored with it that he walked out yeah. into the desert to die. Uh, huh. And I, I know that sounds like super weird if you've never read <laughs> the Dune books, but it sounds weird. And I've read Dune. Yeah, it is. It is kind of weird, but that helps me understand this. The now I understand why George Lucas stole it and made it more palatable. Yeah. Helps us understand why we need to live in the present because those are super extreme examples from literature um, and just maybe our personal lives. But, you actually kind of go a little bit crazy if you don't if you don't live in the present eventually right the most sane people are the people that live fully in the present moment yeah but they seem insane they do there is there is like this interesting like i i, I have this this i've met people that are like this mm -hmm. they're just insanely at peace oh the worst <laughs> and it's like how do you get there and i think like I think part of the reason why we associate that kind of thing with old age is because at that point, at a certain point you realize um, there's not much future ahead of me mm -hmm. and everything, most of, most of the things that are going to happen to me in my life have already happened and I'm here. So mm -hmm. um, really the only thing that I should have is, is, is now I think, I think there's like, I think there's people who definitely are older and they do just focus on the past because that's the only thing they, they feel like they have. But it's like, mm -hmm. you, you also see these people that are like, the past is over. It's fine. Um, I'm just going to be here in this moment. And you see this intense peace and you're like, how come you, yeah. how come you do this? Yeah. You're not like scared to die or anything like that. You know, like yeah. eternity is the eternal now. Yeah. And that kind of future and eternity that unlocks everything, you know, the, And this answers the question as they bring this up in the article and we kind of alluded to it earlier, why Jesus seemed so indifferent about the result of his mission. Yeah. The, the, the line here from scripture is, is the Jewish leaders walking by. Why don't you just take yourself down off that cross? You know, if you're God, what do you, if you're really the king of the Jews, like come down and rule us and we'll worship you, you know? Um, it's like, it seems like that would have been a better plan <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like, why did Jesus just not care? You know, like, cause that's the, the, oh, like 
a lot of people get upset these days because when someone who has the capacity to do something that they perceive to be helpful, but then they don't do it, it means that you don't care. It means yeah. that you don't care. And it's, that's a superhuman thing. Like that's, that's deeply ingrained in us. Like if you see a person, you know, on the side of the road, who's like, like the good Samaritan, right? You see a person on the side of the road, two people walk by him. And it's like, they, they didn't care. They were indifferent. And then the person who ended up helping them, like was the most Christ-like or whatever. Like that's, this just goes all the way back to biblical times. But, and then you have that inverse with Jesus who seems like is able to give people the words of everlasting life and have them be, live with him forever in eternity. And yet doesn't do everything in his power, quote unquote, in yeah. order to make that happen. If you're the son of man, save us and save, save yourself and save us as well. Yeah. You know, like that, the guy, the other guy on the cross, like people are at One the time people. of Christ are die, like yearning desperately for the words of eternal life. Like they are thronging Jesus and surrounding him and just wanting everything to do with him all the time mm-hmm. to the point of like reaching through a crowd, touching the, the hem of his garment, you know, like. Uh, coming from all the way to the town over my daughter's dying and is probably already dead, but like, please, can you come? You know, like they're thirsting for it. And yet sometimes Jesus responds with, you know, passing through the crowd and just kind of walking by all these eternal souls going out into the desert, like shaking the dust off from his hometown of Nazareth. Like, it's just like, what is he doing? <laughs> like Jesus, did you read the manual? That we wrote the manual the, that we the wrote. The manual that we wrote. How to how to be a good how to be a good religious person yeah. by humans. Yeah. It, it is it is it is it, it, it's like that that radical rejection mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. what human beings understand to be godliness and upright moral living. That utter rejection and transcendence, I think, is a better word. It's like Jesus didn't come. Do you, people people like to frame Christ as a revolutionary. I don't think that's necessarily true because like revolutionaries overthrow an established order to establish their own order. God didn't have to overthrow anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the order. <laughs> yeah. It, it was us who overthrew yeah. a, an order. Yeah. And, you know, good job, everyone. Yeah, we did it. Um, so like Loisimo, <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think Jesus, um, Jesus transcending is a better word. It's like Jesus transcends the human order of what is good, what is what we consider to be nice or good, mm-hmm. you know, a good person. Um, and he becomes he becomes more than that. I think I think living like a good a good place to start is like being present and you know I don't I don't want to say just being present because that just sounds that sounds like it it does, but it also it in sounds the, so simple in the context of what we're talking about. You have to stop living. You have to stop living. You have to stop living. <laughs> Let me just read. Like I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe the the article will help me. Uh, uh, kind of say what I want to say. So there's a couple lines left that I want to. And I don't care that this is a long episode. It's Saturday. We're gonna do whatever we want. <laughs> I'm having a great it's time. Saturday. It's the third of July, baby. Maybe. Um. I'm going to read a, a couple more quotes and then maybe we can like, just, <laughs> you do have to edit this. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I do not care. <laughs> I'm living in the present. The bending of himself, Jesus to things in his perfect pliability to change his power of maintaining his disposition. Perfect in every conjunction seems to be the main aim and purpose of his life rather than something positive to achieve. Your, your life is not about, achieving this this positive end like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm gonna even even the good things of i'm gonna get married and have children and and then be a good father like those are probably the way that that god wants to sanctify you in your life but those things are only sanctifying if you are present for them in every step of the way yeah you know it's really difficult to claim that you're being sanctified by your marriage when you're only focused on your work so that you can make money to have a child. You see what I mean? Like it's really hard to say that you're being sanctified by your, by your first child when you are, um, you know, never taking care of the child and only talking to your wife because she's 
you know, she's an adult woman and the child is a baby and it's hard to talk to a baby because <laughs> the baby's dumb right now. Baby, not, they do, not, baby not, doesn't know anything. Like there are ways to be in it and appear as if you were accomplishing these tasks that God is giving you. You know, it's probably even more evident in the priesthood of oh, another round of confirmations, another round of first communions, another round. Like that's just kind of the priesthood. And then the like even in the daily life of a monastic, right? Oh, got to go to louds, got to go to vespers, got to go to none, got to go to like, it's just got to go work, got to go eat. Like, that's just what you do. I got to go aura, got to go labor. <laughs> no. But if there's the, there's a, in every, in every, what I'm trying to communicate is that in every kind of way of Christian living, there are ways to be in the present, to be sanctified by it. And there are ways to reject the present in order to achieve something positive, which is why in the rule of St. Benedict, Benedict's like, if someone takes too much enjoyment out of the thing that they're working on, uh, reassign them. <laughs> because <laughs> actually, because it's, yeah. it's like, it's actually not helpful for you to be super caught up in the work that you are doing outside of the fact that it is in and of itself work that is sanctifying you. Mm-hmm. Um, two last quotes from the article. Nature wants to keep life more or less as it is to assure our own competence within it, to find success in influencing others for the good and comfort us with the measure of our own self-esteem. Yikes. This has nothing to do with the gospel. <laughs> so basically what he's saying is like ensuring your competence in life, making making yourself feel like you're doing a good job and you're you're influencing other people and you're successful socially and you're comfortable with, with your own self-esteem all those things that the world extols as, as the virtues is get good at whatever you do, have good friends and feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. The author says this has nothing to do with the gospel and it has nothing to do with what the invitation to perfection would require. So humiliation of the ego, the cross, you know, do we really believe that those are the actual the, the things that are going to, to bring us to heaven? This is the last thing. If that's true, Right. If the cross and humiliation of the ego and complete and total death to self are the actual ways to live, then life has to be more than just doing a little better every day and being a little less self-preoccupied, which is kind of what pop Catholicism is these days. It is an invitation to something much more radical. And that's kind of where the, the article ends. That's what I want. That's what I want. And that's what I want everyone listening to this to understand. Yes, you have to grow in virtue. Yes, you have to stop sinning. Yes, it is good to have a plan and a direction in your life. But all of those things that Christ did and that he taught his apostles to do, all of the positive actions that they took were all a result of being present in the moment and being indifferent to the results of their actions. They were magnanimous to the 10th degree where they they had this greatness of soul and they had a desire to do great things but they did not care at least the apostles after the pentecost they did not care about the results of their actions thrown in jail hooray persecuted hooray a lot of people are listening to us hooray we just got killed hooray like it just (laughs) whatever it was it was the present moment and it was an indifference to the results and we are so results based that we can't even fathom that. We cannot even possibly begin to imagine the freedom that comes with living that way. And that's what I want. Yeah. I just went off there at the end. I'm so sorry. No, it was great. Do you have any other thoughts? In 2019, 2018 or 2019, uh, I think Webster's Dictionary or Oxford um, picked a word of the year. And the word was identity. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, we were also concerned about personal identity, gender identity, sexual identity, um, racial identity, identity politics, all this stuff. Yeah. And knowing that, I decided going into youth ministry to make my my charismatic pitch <laughs> to these kids centered around identity. Sure. And like talking about how you know identity is. Um, you find your identity in things. I told this story about my green converse when I was in middle school and like how I tried to find my identity and like dressing like the kids in my middle school and like how I wish know. that I could be like the cool kids. 
It's all the cool kids. Wear green Converse. <laughs> um, and how we like put our identity in false things, but like how we need to put our identity in Christ. And I think what was missing from that um, is not just that we need to put our identity in Christ. Your identity needs to become Jesus. Like mm-hmm. who you are needs to become Christ. Yes. Um, and that and that's a much more radical invitation. And it's one that I think if if more Christians did, it would change the way that we use the word Christian. Mm-hmm. Christian would no longer come to describe a person who belongs to a Christian church, mm-hmm. belongs to a church that worships Jesus Christ. It's not being about would, external actions. It would come to mean Christian applying to Christ. You know, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't, we like we refer to like something that's Aristotelian as something that Aristotle believed. Mm-hmm. You know, we, something that is something that is Jeffersonian is something that Thomas Jefferson believed. Something that something is that's Christian mammalian is, that mammals believe. Yes, exactly. Um, something that's octogenarian is something <laughs> that people that are eighty years old. Believe. Um, but we don't do that with the word Christian. We we don't we don't use the word Christian to describe beliefs of Christ or actions of Christ. We use them to describe actions of people who believe in Christ mm-hmm. that He was God, which is something that's very different. Um, because you can believe that Jesus is God and not be saved. Um, exhibit A: the devil. Um, <laughs> you can you can believe that Jesus is God and not and not be Christian, qua Christian. Um, hmm. I think we need to, I think we need to change the way that we view ourselves as Christians and be like, am I truly Christian? Am I truly of Christ? Has my identity? Do I find my identity in Christianity or do I find it in Christ? Hmm. Um, do I find it in the external actions of belonging to a church? Because I think that's one of the biggest problems in the Diocese of Pittsburgh right now is a lot of our a lot of our parishioners find their identity in their church, their parish, the building, yes, um, and not in Christ. Yes, that's and true in a lot of places. Unfortunately, and what's crazy is like I I see I see people who don't I, I met a couple of people who who don't find their identity in their parish they find their identity in Jesus and uh, I'm I'm thinking of parishioners specifically that are like older people mm. and their response to the big merger that's going on in Pittsburgh right now is I love it I'm meeting so many new people <laughs> and I talk I talked to this, this 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 parishioner who like works part time in our office and I was like. That gave me so much hope. She was like, she was like, I love it. I love that. She was like, oh, this merger, it's been so great. And I'm just like, that's not the a- attitude that I've heard at all. But it's mm-hmm. because like, it's because she doesn't see her identity in the building. She doesn't see yeah. the church as, even though, even though it's the place where she got baptized and her got married and her kids got baptized and got married and all this stuff. Like she doesn't identify, she identifies, she placed her identity in the sacraments. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got baptized. I got all my sacraments, all of my sacraments at my home parish. I got married there. You know, like literally all of them that I've gotten so far. I haven't gotten two out of the seven. But it's like I've gotten almost I've got all my sacraments at this one church. And it's like if it closed, it would be heartbreaking. But I shouldn't I shouldn't place my trust in that building. I should place my trust in the sacraments I received in that building. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I should be tied to. Right. Um, and if you place your, if you place your identity in Christ, sorry, if you, if your identity is Christ, you identify more with the sacraments of the church than the church itself. Um, and like, I think that's, I think that's really important and I kind of went off the rails, but it's okay. Anyway, that's hey, what I have. hey, it's a long podcast. It's a long cast. Do you want to do Dr. Ethan's dating corner? I would love that, but I, I just want, I don't want this, uh, this, this podcast, this, this topic is my thing now. Great. <laughs> I, I just I I want people. I want it was like, hey, what do what does what do Pat, Patrick and Ethan believe about the Christian life? Like, I want people to listen to this episode because this this is the thing that I think at least has just been sorely lacking in my own life with God hmm. because of my own natural proclivities towards results based actions only. <laughs> And it's really hard for me to be indifferent in the moment because typically when I try to be indifferent, it ends up becoming sloth and acedia and laziness rather than yeah. a holy indifference. 
And when I try to be magnanimous and I try to be, uh, you know, going out and doing big things and not caring about the results, it tends to become prideful and arrogant and selfish. And so this, this middle way, this perfect way of being fully present in the moment and allowing what's going on around me to deter, to dictate my actions rather than forcing my actions to dominate situations and thinking like Christ and relating like Christ that that this is the this is the key for me and i i think it's the key for a lot of people yeah but that's i think it's just just means a lot thank you to whoever wrote this article i have no idea who you are but gosh shout out dr don j brielle blessed john henry newman chair of liberal arts emeritus university of mary thank you don he sounds cool i, I think i think this is something that I've been that I've been experiencing while watching The Chosen. It's this like realization of who the person of Christ is, mm-hmm. and how important it is for me to become more like that person. Yes, become that person. It's just so easy to just like settle for becoming like Jesus because it's so much easier to kind of resemble Christ than to be Him. Because He was willing to die, um, and that's not necessarily something that I'm willing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Dr. Ethan Daniel Corner. I'm ready. I know it hurts. I'm sorry. This is one of your All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Sponsored by Catholic Match, Match, baby. Sponsored by Catholic Match. Please, uh, if you want to get your free Catholic Match profile, go to catholicmatch.com slash crunch to get that free profile started up. Yes. Um, You get a free profile regardless of whether or not you use that link. But if you use that link, you uh, at catholicmatch.com slash crunch, you let them know that we sent you, and that makes us happy uh go follow them at catholic match when we're going to be posting the um posting the dating corner submission form there uh they post it for us because they have ten thousand followers and they can share links so follow at catholic match on instagram all right i got burned when should i start dating again that's the question that we have for us today okay all right here's the short here's the the short uh from from a listener so okay. important that we don't alienate our listener here. Great. Uh, short summary. I would like to try dating again, but I got seriously burned last time and it wrecked my spiritual and mental health. I would love to know your thoughts, Dr. Ethan and physician assistant Patrick. Yes. Uh, first off, love your podcast. Thanks. Second, I'm an 18 year old girl. Third, the actual question. I got out of a bad relationship a couple, a couple months ago. In that relationship, my faith life had struggled immensely. Mm. I took up some really bad habits. Mm. Since the breakup, I've gotten rid of all those habits, started mm. going to mental health counseling, and dive deeper into my faith than I ever had before. Oh, great. I have made some serious progress over the past few months. I've never felt closer to God and happier in my life okay, as a whole. Okay, period. However, <laughs> oh, period. So was, don't date, don't that's date. That's it. That's great. the whole thing. Good job. Great. Go to a convent. <laughs> it's a gigantic, it's a gigantic however. Yeah, okay. it's a huge however. However, what are your thoughts on putting myself out there in the new Catholic circles I'm in? Is it wrong of me to think that finding a good Catholic boy my age could help me continue on my faith journey at this point in my life? Or should I just stick to what I've been doing, trusting in God's timing? I would love to hear your thoughts. Oh, this is... I feel like it's been a long time since we got a Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner question where the answer is like positive and happy and yeah. and nice. Like t- totally. Like you can totally put yourself out Do there. Do it. No I, nuts. You're I mean, 18. You can finally start dating like a real person. Yes. Um, Let me give you some key indicators yeah. that I've seen that you're you're in a good spot to date as opposed to many, many, many other questions that we get on this podcast. <laughs> you have a strong faith life. You're actively growing. It's not like you've grown and then you've stopped. It's like you are striving actively to continue going deeper and deeper. You've gotten rid of bad habits. And I don't know what those bad habits are, but the fact that you're aware that you had bad habits from another relationship and you've gotten counseling and you're working on it Mm -hmm. and getting rid of those habits. And as long as you're aware that those habits might come back, you know, that, that they're not permanently gone forever, 
you're in a great spot because you're working on them and you're growing yeah. and you're, it sounds like you're in a good supportive community of people. So even if you good do, job. even if you do date and it doesn't go well, you still have a good supportive community of people. Yeah. Every flag that I heard in this was green. <laughs> green flag, green flag, green flag, green flag. Fun, fun, fun. This is great. I, I do. You I could will date say 10 guys. <laughs> your counselor, your counselor might say this though. It's like the, go slow. Obviously. Yes. Yes. Go slow. Don't jump, don't jump headfirst into something. Um, because like a lot of the, a lot of the, um, a lot of the way that our brain works when it comes to woundedness is situational. And mm-hmm. so like, uh, a lot of the woundedness from a previous relationship could come um, back up in a new could relationship. Come back up just yeah. because your brain's like, Oh, we're in a relationship again. Even, even if, even like the, 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 um, the smart thinky part of your brain is like, I know that this person isn't going to hurt me. This person has never done anything to show they might hurt me. Um, this person is, seems great. Uh, the, the animal part of your brain, the reaction part of your brain is going to go run, go away. He's bad. You know, that's, that's, that's how it's going to, that's how your brain's going to work. Um, my, my friend who is in council is, who is a counselor has told me that, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of people don't realize their woundedness, especially from a lot of people don't realize their wounded, their parent woundedness until they become parents. Then they realize how their parents may have wounded them. Um, and so similarly, you may not realize what ways you were hurt, but you may not realize specific ways that you were hurt in your relationship until you start a relationship up again. So like, I will say proceed with caution because you're going to have to do it eventually. Um, but the fact that you're in a good place spiritually and in counseling is great. And so, like, as long as this person is okay with going slow, mm-hmm. which they should be if they care about you. And also, um, if they're 18, yeah. like, I mean, you could go fast. But How also fast you're, can you go? You're, re- you know? you're just, yeah, you're 18. So, I think that's great. Um, By slow, I mean, like, not even, like, kissing each other for a long time. Yes. Like, not a long time for an 18-year-old boy. You but, need yeah. to, the only dates that you can go on is when you're on the opposite sides of the booth and you're facing away from each other and the wall is yeah. in the middle, but you can maybe like hold hands around the side, yeah. you know, that, that kissing thing was not a prescription, by the way, don't take that to mean something that it didn't, that was just an example of like, let's say that your woundedness has to do with physical affection, you know, maybe not going into that as quickly, taking it a little bit slower. You know? The only dates you can go on is when he comes over to your house and your both of your parents <laughs> are there and you go into the drawing room for 30 minutes alone. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> And, and he, one of you plays the Glockenspiel. One of you plays the Glockenspiel, and yeah. the other one plays the Kalimba, and yeah. uh, and then and because your parent and because your family lives um, owns a farm in another state, and there's no there's no inns nearby. Uh, you got in order to develop intimacy between you, your parents, wrap you up in. Uh, they put you in the same bed, but they wrap you up in a potato sack and tie you there so that you can't touch each other. Now, is that from your experience, Patrick? No, no, no. That's called a bundling bag, and it's a thing. Have you heard about this? I've heard of the chastity belt, but I've not heard of the bundling bag. (laughs) No, a bundling bag is a real thing. They used to, in order to establish intimacy between two people that are courting, they they used to sleep in the same bed, but they would wrap you up in potato sacks up to your neck so you couldn't like touch each other so you basically became like a veggie tail with a head poking out and you just kind of had to hop around and develop intimacy yeah Yeah, the idea was like you can't tie you can't tie yourselves back into the bag sure so like they would know so once you are out of the bag the cat was out out of the bag cat's out of the bag yes yeah so my question is if you had to go to the bathroom do you get a diaper in the bundling bag do you like I can't think of a better way to develop intimacy with my future spouse than by just peeing in a in a potato sack in the same bed as her. Like that is max levels of intimacy. That's what I've I, always I, wanted. I, Put that on my Catholic match profile page. Please pee in a potato sack next to me at night. Okay, I, I typed in bundling bag. I accidentally typed in bundling bad and it's a bunch of websites going, Are bundling policies good or bad <laughs> for insurers? <laughs> It's like, uh, is, oh, but, no. is it okay if I, if I, if I, if I put my home and my auto insurance together on yes. Geico? Does, is Liberty Mutual lying to me? Oh my gosh. Um, the extinct dating practice called bundling bags. No, it's not extinct. It's going, it's going strong 17th somewhere. The century dating practice that saw teens getting bundled into bags. Like <laughs> With a wooden board that separated them in bed. Um, oh, that's good. That's what I was thinking with the whole booth thing. That's 
perfect. First, you have to prove to your parents you're ready to get married by bundling up in a sack. <laughs> um, step three, get into your parents' bed fully clothed next to your date under the watchful eye of your parents and place a thick wooden board between you and tuck you in for the night. Um, Is this where the phrase, I'm going to hit the sack, comes from? I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, this is super weird. It's like a real thing. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was fake when you said it earlier. But not everyone was in favor of letting their kids sleep in a bed with the opposite sex. Bundling drew ire from contemporary religious leaders and mm. later from historians and Victorian. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's really, super it's weird. It's super weird. But, like, I mean, if it's either that or they sleep in the bed and there's no sex. No, it, the, the answer is just don't sleep in the same bed. I'm choosing the sack is what I'm saying. Like if it's, you know, if imagine, imagine you, it's, it's 1675 and you're living in Chelsea and your daughter meets a young lad and, and, and he's, he's, there's no inn nearby and he wants to get to know your daughter. He's a good, respectable young man. You've gone to mass together because there's still one Catholic church, uh, in the whole, in the entirety of England. The whole world. It's near your house. This is the 17th century. This is I said 1675. Yeah, but that there's also not one Catholic church in 1675. All right, you, there's an underground mass because you're sponsoring a Catholic priest to hide away in England, gotcha. and there's an under, in your house there's a chapel underground that they haven't found yet. And he goes to mass. He's a very holy man. Common dating practices. It's not weird. Everyone does it, right? You're still kicking him out to sleep on the on the ground outside. You're not sacking up this boy. On Wikipedia, it says. <laughs> The, it's possible the possible precedent for bundling it is possible that the bundling came from the biblical story of ruth and boaz who uh. spent the night together in a grain storage room um <laughs> they did not touch but later got married um first of all they definitely did touch she like touched his feet yeah so that counts it does um also this is what happens when you let people uh, personally interpret the bible personally interpret the bible <laughs> here's what we gotta do all right so i, I read, read this, this story crazy book okay <laughs> These two, they were cuddling. All right, so here's what we got to do. We got to put people in beds in sacks and a wooden board in between. Is that part in scripture? No, that part's not in scripture. I just, I just I figured that it you might know, have been there. Yeah, there's probably was um, a board, and they probably there probably were sacks somewhere. Yeah, and in the they story. probably spoke English. Yeah, and yeah. Great. Uh, the reason I I found out about it was because of the 2000 Mel Gibson film The Patriot, ah, where Heath Ledger's character is bundled when he spends the night at. Uh, uh, Lisa Brenner's house. See, I've never seen the Mel Gibson film, The Patriot. Um, this is a very Mel Gibson heavy podcast. It is indeed. We started and ended with Mel Gibson. As so. with, as with all things. Um, okay, great. The I Patriot hope it is a 2000 film about the first American sniper. All right. We got to get so. Patrick off the, uh, <laughs> off the, eat internet. your heart out. Chris Kyle. <laughs> oh, he's, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Never mind. Yeah, you got oh. You can't, you can't eat your heart out if you're, dead or bundled in a sack so you gotta you got that to be considered cool <laughs> um patrick oh i guess we have some stuff to say patreon.com slash the crunch facebook.com slash group slash the crunch cast it's popping off i want to hear a lot of discussion this week about our topic i want you ben eastman's gonna post and i want you all to respond i want you all to respond give our give our boys some love yes and Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Tune in next week when Ethan and I both get into sacks next to each other in a bed separated by a wooden board so that you can prove that we are ready to get married. Not to each other. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you and we will see you all next week. Next week.